Hello everyone. Today we are looking at three verses from Proverbs 20 verses 26 through 28. Here's what it says. A wise king winnows the wicked and drives the wheel over them. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all his innermost parts. Steadfast love and faithfulness preserves the king, and by steadfast love his throne is upheld. So you may be wondering how these three verses uh, can be linked together or what they have in common, and at first glance it may be a little difficult to see, but all God's word complements itself. So let's look at the first, verse 26. It, it tells us how a wise king deals with wickedness in his kingdom. I mean, he winnows them and drives the will over them. So what does that mean? A winnowing fan uh, is something that would blow the chaff off of the wheat. Uh, it would separate it from the edible grain. So the grain is uh, put into storehouses after that, where it's sold in the market, while the chaff may be disposed of by, by burning it, right? Um, speaking of Jesus and judgment, John the Baptist uh, uses this very same metaphor in Matthew chapter 3, verse 12, which says, His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So John the Baptist is speaking of Judgment Day and calling the people to repent. And so Solomon says the wise king does this, right? And he says also the wise king drives the wheel over them. And from what I gathered, uh, driving the wheel over them refers to the threshing wheel, which was a wooden frame with three or four rollers armed with iron teeth. And it was drawn by two oxen and it crushed the grain and cut up the straw into fodder uh, and likely uh, making the wheat and the chaff more easily to be uh, separated. So both of these are examples of justice, I think, in, in making judgments by a wise king concerning evil. But they also point us to the justice of the Lord in judgment. So then Solomon, he goes and he talks about how God gives man an inner conscience, which works deep within him to shine a light on his own motives. Um, Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So this, they have this truth of, about God, who he is, but they suppress it. So God has given us this conscience toward what is false and what is true concerning himself. And whenever we look at his creation, right, and will we follow the light and, and seek out our creator? Will we see his sovereignty and, and his care and giving rain and, and fruit and grain and fish and all these good things? Well... At the same time, we see a broken world because of sin, which actually should be pointing us to our own sin and pointing us to Him as 
the only solution. Will our conscience follow this light as it brings us to trust his word from Genesis, which promised a savior, a, a Messiah, who would set things right? Or will we just forget the light of conscience and, and say, this is just a broken world and there's no God? So, which will we do? In the next chapter, Romans 2, verse 14, beginning there, it says, For when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do what the law requires, they are a law to themselves. Even though they do not have the law, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness, and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. On that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. So today's verses, I think, point us to Judgment Day uh, by a wise king, the one true king of kings. Man truly has no good excuse, right, for why he doesn't seek God, uh, why he doesn't live righteously, why he doesn't love his neighbor. So God gives us enough light to follow that light and find him. And so on Judgment Day, we will go in to be with the Lord while the chaff is separated. Then thirdly, in, in verse 28, Solomon seems to, to be saying, I think, how it's God's steadfast love, God's faithfulness to keep his own word that preserves the king. And Solomon was the king. So as Solomon obeys God from the heart, as Solomon loves those in his kingdom, he shows mercy to those who repent, he judges righteously, uh, even the wicked. He's faithful to his own word, he keeps his word. In all these things, he is emulating the true king of kings because these are the things God does. This, this is the character of God. And so because King Solomon's heart might be obedient to God, and because God always keeps his word, the king is therefore preserved and his throne is upheld by God himself in keeping his word. <laughs> Does that make sense? So uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer today. Father God, thank you that you've given us light to look to you and to see the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Uh, light from your creation that points us to you and says, seek your creator, light from our conscience that lets us know good from evil and points us to you. And light from your word, your word says in Psalm 119, 130, the unfolding of your words gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. So Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for how your light gives us more light and gives us life. And thank you, Lord, also for a judgment, bringing us into your presence as you separate the chaff from the wheat uh, because of your son, Jesus Christ, and how he took the payment due for our sins. And, and you have applied his perfect righteousness to our life. Uh, thank you for raising him up and for one day raising us up. Thank you, Lord, for giving us that same power that raised him from the dead, your power, your power over, uh, over sin, uh, the wages of sin, Lord, for giving us that power to winnow sin 
from our own life and live lives of mercy and truth and love towards others. Thank you for your steadfast love, Lord, that never fails, for your word that never fails, and for preserving us to be with you for eternity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.